0: Presented by the Hockey Shop, source for Sports Langley, thehockeyshop.com. It's In Goal Radio, the podcast. We are in the wake of the Stanley Cup Championship and Tandy Fest, uh, two marquee events uh, in the world of goaltending uh, in the recent past. And this is a lot of fun to chat about with the co-founder of In Magazine. It's uh, Kevin Woodley. How was Tandy
1: Fest, my friend? It was good. It was really good. We, uh, As always, there was just a lot going on. So it's hard to keep up with it. We did not get out on the ice like we would have liked to. We did not get out to sort of see some of the reactions to the hundreds and hundreds or from the hundreds and hundreds of goaltenders that showed up. Uh, I didn't see a final count, but it was the busiest tendy Fest ever. Manufacturers, even the ones that brought like literal truckloads of gear, didn't have enough. So people had to wait a little bit, but not too much. Um, the demand was just so high. So uh, a great event. What an awesome opportunity for goalies to check out gear they're considering buying. Um, our booth was busy. People stopping by saying hello. Mostly wanted to talk to Hutch, you know, the cool guy uh, mm-hmm. amongst our duo. And then we had a, a really good Q&A with Ian Clark of the Vancouver Canucks. He came by, uh, was talking to goalies throughout the event, a little bit at our booth, a little bit over at the CCM booth. And then we did a Q&A with him that will share Haven't decided yet whether that's going to be a video on uh, in-goal premium or whether we make that a podcast episode. Maybe we do both. But just as usual, a fantastic conversation with Ian. I think I said we'd keep him for 20 or 30 minutes, and it ended up being close to an hour because the answers were just fantastic. And, of course, his answers always lead to more questions. We had some audience participation on the questions as well. Um, so just yeah, just a fantastic event. Thanks to Cam and the ho- and Chad at the Hockey Shop for making us a part of it. A great day for goaltending, and the first time we've been back since the pandemic with Attendee Fest. New location. I-, I will say this: as we got to sort of understand the location and how it would work, we recognized the opportunities that exist to make this a much bigger event maybe a little bit of Tandy Fest and some in-goal live events, maybe even some coaches coming in to do presentations in a conference room that's attached to the rink. All kinds of possibilities for the next couple of years. The one thing I do know for sure is with Cam in charge uh, and some of the ideas that he discussed with us and some of the ideas we had, it's going to continue to get bigger and better every single season.
0: We've got Joel Hofer standing by for a Center Arena feature interview in just a little bit and we're also going to uh, discuss the true uh, 9X3 line uh, coming up in our uh, gear segment uh, brought to you by the Hockey Shop source for sports, Langley the com. was it on the uh, on ice part was there a flood uh, at any point did was it was it that uh, broken up uh, the ice i was I was wondering about
1: that That's because you really- want to test the slide and that's a really good question, Darren. Um, I assume they would have had to have had a flood yeah. at some point. I mean, we had goalies of all levels. Now, they do have not just one uh, net at either end of the rink. They have them against the end boards as well, so goalies can, you know, stationary uh, shooting and just sort of feel pucks and, and take shots. I would assume you would have to, but again, because we were outside and the the um, the sort of ex-exhibitors, ex- ex- mm-hmm. I guess that's where we we're an exhibitor, uh, area was all covered by tents in case it rained. It didn't, thank goodness. But we were we had a little bit of a detachment from the indoors to the outdoors. And because we were kept so busy by people stopping by our booth to talk, didn't have a chance to be on the ice or see whether there was a flood. But given the amount of goalies on two sheets of ice, even with two sheets going, I would imagine they would have had to clean that ice a couple of times. Hey,
0: what was your feedback uh, for In Radio or In Magazine uh, when you talked to the people, when you weren't signing autographs?
1: there was an autograph request. So my head is uh bigger than usual. Somebody said they would buy a hat. We had hats for sale, the angle hats. Uh, and somebody said, I'll buy a hat if you'll sign it. And because I'll do anything to sell merchandise, uh, I agreed <laughs> to sign it and made sure Hutch took a photo of it because like I said, huge ego pump for me. Most of the feedback was just thank yous. we got a lot of thank yous, uh, from listeners who love the podcast, to be honest with you. Um, not everybody was a su- subscriber to Ingold Premium, but everybody that swung by talked about listening to us on the podcast and appreciating uh, what Ingol does for the goalie community. And so thank you to everyone that that came by and shared that, shared their experiences, listening to the podcast, events or sorry, interviews that particularly hit home for them, even to those that said the podcast is great, except I talk too much, as I'm doing again today. So you know, so I made some notes. I'm gonna from here on out, I'm gonna talk less. I like you talking a lot
0: because I get to learn things from uh, the uh, Yoda uh, of the goaltending world. That's, you, that's what you are. You're my Yoda. Uh, as far as Tendi Fest, being able to try on different manufacturers with the different brakes, uh, that to me would be one of the marquee moments or opportunities to be able to line up these, you know, the different manufacturers and try their various brakes and compare
1: those. That, it would be gold for me. Well, gloves, sure. glove breaks were a big one. I think the yeah. other thing is pads, right? Like we're seeing so many, you know, like if you've never had a chance to, you know, to, to put a set of warrior pads on with the, with the plastic slide plate. And that's something that you're like, Hey, I could use a little more lateral speed or the ice in my rink is no good. And I think that would be faster, but I'm not willing to shell out, you know, pro level investment in new pads without trying them. You could do that. What do you think is CCM's new integrated knee stack? Which, you know, to me is, has become, it's funny, we we're having this discussion with a couple of people, maybe they're back to being the best knee block in pro hockey. Bauer, if you've never had a chance, like the way it slides, how those rebounds explode off the face of the pad, you know, just because it's such a unique design. There's a lot of people that keep hearing about these features and the innovation of Bauer, but because it's so different, they've maybe never even had a chance to try it or they're not willing to make that jump. Um, There were a lot of there were some. I tell you the one item that I'm not even sure it went on the ice. It was more just a try-in at the booth. It'll be out this year. The new Axis helmet from CCM had eyes wide, even from people that had no intention or didn't know about it or no intention of trying it. Uh, Some really unique features there that we'll be bringing to ingolmag.com in the very near future. I actually had that mask on as early as last summer and will tell you that it 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 has the potential to be a game changer uh, in terms of the way they built it and the liner and the way it feels and we had uh, an ex pro in alex Ald saying like wow and some current junior goalies that i don't think ever would have considered making that switch considering it so that was that was a product that i don't think people maybe necessarily went there looking for um because not everybody aware it's coming but it'll be out this year And it definitely turned some heads if you'll pardon the pun. That's awesome. What do you like about that? The way the liner fits, the customizability of the liner at the top level and the way they've designed it from an airflow perspective. It was a hot day and everybody that put it on, you could sort of, it's like having air conditioning built in. You know Mm -hmm. how hot it gets in a mask. And, And thermal regulation is a big part of, you know, managing fatigue and goaltending and so much of that heat escapes through the head. And because of the way they built the liner, like it's not being trapped anymore. You could, you could very tangibly feel how much cooler that new CCM axis mask felt Hmm. on your head compared to others. Now, that said, I haven't product tested it. We haven't been on the ice in it to verify whether you, you feel the same thing once you're on the ice, but it certainly had some eyebrows raised and some eyes wide open at the people that that got to see it for the first time at their booth. It's funny. I've I've got masks from all
0: different manufacturers, uh, and at the uh, collect, and I always go back to, as far as what I wear. I Always go back to a Bower. Yep. Love the Bower because it just it just seems to fit. Seems to
1: mold with me. Fit is such a big important part of this. Um, and the one thing that, you know, again, I don't have the full story on, on when it's going to be offered how, at what levels this type of service is going to be offered. It may be pro only, but there is the ability to scan and, and sort of customize this liner the way mm. that it's created, the way that it's manufactured gives you that option to, to help ensure a better fit. But I'm with you. We always bang the drum about fit being so important. And we've seen manufacturers, whether it's CCM or Bauer especially, uh, because for years, that old 961, but it was only sort of one, if it fit, great. If it didn't, you were hooped. Yeah. Now, you have so many different sizes. The manufacturers recognize the importance of fit. And I think that's what had me surprised maybe a little bit by the reaction because there were some goalies that, again, because of that fit, because of their comfort level in other brands, I never would have expected to say, I really want to try that this summer and I would consider wearing it. But that was the takeaway. Goalies that are entrenched in other masks at at a really high level playing, you know, major junior. Uh, one of them was already drafted into the NHL that we spoke with that was excited about it. Um, that type of reaction tells me they have something when you see guys put it on for the first time and be willing to be like, yeah, I might... <laughs> You know i might cheat on my uh my, my old favorite to try this out 961 just hearing
0: those numbers makes my heart swell love that's it just just it's warm inside and i also thought that that was always the best looking mold mask uh,
1: out there but everybody's got their own preference but that's when no, i always it's, grew it, it's a classic right and mm-hmm. it was also you know the best for if it fit you properly there was a there was a protection level there that you knew you could count on.
0: Did uh, did Hutch sell a lot of stickers, or Hutch, give away a lot of
1: stickers? Hutch sold some stickers. We gave away some yeah. stickers. We did a lot of both. Good. Um, yeah. No. It was uh, it was good. It was really it was a really good day. But you know what? Hey, like enough about us.
0: I just wanted to say I, I did my part because I wore the Ingle, uh Radio Ingle Mag Quarter Zip, and it was on Quest for the Cup. You you, you saw got it.
1: us on Quest for the Cup. In Goal magazine. I I don't know where that was from, but you sent for the the picture. Somebody sent us a picture, so thank you, Darren, for getting that exposure. Which brings us to your experience. Because yeah, I got to go to Tendy Fest, and Tendy Fest was cool. Tendy Fest is always cool, but dude, you were on the ice with the Stanley Cup. You lifted the Stanley Cup. Walk us through what the last couple of months have been like in the midst of a Stanley Cup playoff chase, and to have it ultimately rewarded with a lifting of the cup.
0: Well, first of all, a shout out to Sean Burke, who we work with, with the Vegas Golden Knights, director of goaltending and, uh, and Mike Rosati, who was also on the ice goalie coach last year, uh, being out there who done an amazing job over the last couple of years with the Vegas Golden Knight goaltenders and then to all the net miners, uh, through and through. And they were all out in the ice, uh, Aiden Hill, uh, who wins the title, uh, the Quick, who is backing up and boy, did he show some, uh, dexterity getting over those boards so fast, uh, Lauren Bressois was in uniform for the clinching uh, moments and on the ice to to celebrate and uh Logan Thompson uh, as well but uh awesome dude's uh Boursois, I just got all the time in the world for uh just a, a great human being who I can sit there and talk golding with uh all day long Aiden Hill I can talk any sport with any he, any school and and quick is like the uh uh just the the dawn of of everybody uh the way he he's the uh old man uh making sure that everybody's uh, in the right spot. And boy, did they lean on him uh, throughout this process. But uh, I've been on the ice, that was my 13th time being on the ice when the cup was presented in some fashion. And uh, that was the first time though, where I had a dog in the fight, some skin in the game. And before Mark Stone, because I was on the ice doing interviews, before Mark Stone took it to the dressing room, I looked at him and said, Mark, is it okay if I have it? And he handed it to me. So the captain hands it to me and I, I've never done this before, thousand pictures with the Stanley Cup. And I would say it would probably be a thousand. And I got to lift it. And it was the most amazing feeling being able to lift it and then bring it down, give it a kiss, and then hold it back up. It will be in my office in a, the biggest picture possible. Uh, it, it was just, it was as close to religious as you get. And then the, the, between that night and being in the room, I don't know if you saw my epic failure dropping the champagne, trying to spray it. Like, but, but you buy it, like, there's no judgment. You're just having fun. And the parade was beyond what I expected. And that cup being on the bus for a while. And my, my wife and uh, our oldest daughter was, was there. And uh, Jenna and Zero had a great time. It, it was just the coolest thing. But being able to, being able to hold it, which I never thought I'd be able to do. I never thought I would be able to get that. I've even thought of, I'll give, give you a secret. If the cup was there and the handler was looking away for a second, I thought, can I grab it and hold it over my head? I know that that's a violation of all the rules, but just to be able to do it, I've always w- thought, what would that feel like? And I didn't have to do that, fortunately, because I was part of the organization that, that won it. It is as good as everybody says it is. And it's 34 and a half pounds and it, there's a, there is weight to it, but holy cow, is it a cool feeling to be able to, to hold that thing up.
1: As busy as you've been for the last couple of months, did you work up some shoulder lifts just in case, or would that have been jinxing? Like, did you make sure the shoulders were prepped for that lift?
0: No, but I can tell you this, Sean Burke has a, a bum shoulder, and he couldn't get it all the way over, uh, uh, over his head. And it, for his picture, it looks great, but there was some wonkiness there, and Burkey's our buddy, uh, and he told me uh, on the ice, like two minutes after he did it, he's like, if nothing else... That proved to me that I need to get my shoulder done because I had trouble at the, the, the ultimate moment getting that, 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 that Stanley cup uh, lifted over my head was, uh, was, it was a bit of a challenge.
1: Sean hasn't won it before. No. that And that's no. what I, you first know, time. like he'd been around so long that first I was going through it and I'm like, this is his first cup. Like, and what a job he's done. I know he maybe doesn't want to be called the goalie whisperer from us in the media, but, um, man, like you can't underestimate the role that he played in this. And, and, and that like, like, that's why I love you mentioned all the guys. And when we did our, every year, the cup gets handed out and you do like a post on, you know, in gold as post with everyone. Sometimes it means a little more like, you know, watching Mitch corn raise it for the first time mm-hmm. is as big as he's been to us. But Sean was the same thing. And then, you, you know, then you start going through the list and we made sure, because I know Mike Rosati played a role in that, right? Like, even Fred Fred Brathwaite, you know, like yeah. keeping guys sharp oh, yeah, and was out with there, LB. And big hug with Freddie. Yeah, make sure we had that in there in our post. There was just you got the sense that this was the goalie union is strong within that organization. It's not just one or two people. It's everybody that contributed this. And that's not just because they went so deep in the depth chart. Yuri Patera got time mm-hmm. in the National Hockey League this year. Make sure we include him. But just the whole organization and everyone played a role in it and including our practice goalie friend, Darren Millard. So this is, man, we were so excited for you. As much as we missed you at Tendy Fest, we understood that you had bigger things like, you know, Fest, Stanley Cup Parade. I get it. I made sure I had a picture with Freddie
0: Brathwaite and Mike Rosati because we've done it a few times when we've been on the ice together where I've snapped a picture and uh, and guys will be like, what are you doing? I'm like, these are my buddies. I want to get uh, I want to save this. And then uh, during the the moment we got it, we got a picture. Uh, on the ice, uh, and that was cool. But but if, here's a story about Sean. And Sean has been GM of Olympic teams and world championship teams. Uh, there's a, a love of the game that goes beyond just our position, even though he's so great at it. But the, he, he wants to, to take uh, his expertise as far as it can go. Uh, but Sean told his wife when they took the job in Vegas last summer, we're going to go to Vegas and we're going to win the Stanley Cup. That was last summer. That's and off. he told me that story. And we, we've talked hundreds of times over the course of the winter and shooting the breeze. He's never told me that. I'm probably out of superstition like we all are. right? But he told me that on the ice uh, during the celebration. I'm like, that is like it, I, goose bumpy. Like I told her, we're going to go to Vegas and we're going to win the, win, win the Stanley Cup. And his young son, Hudson, is a goalie. Doll. Took up the position this, this past winter. And Hudson's uh, nine or ten, I think. And uh, they used the little nets uh, in his, his league. And there's a great picture in the middle of the final of Hudson on the ice. And we were in Florida for games three and four and uh, Hudson's leaning on the back of the crossbar like Aiden Hill. And that came from, that didn't come from Sean. That didn't come from anybody else. It came from Hudson whose dad played in the league forever and is now a goalie coach for Aiden Hill but a, a young kid just looking up to a hero, and how much influence there is in that. So that's a long roundabout story, but uh, just it was epic to be able to do that. And my wife worked in, in in hockey for fifteen years with Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment. To see her so engaged and happy uh, about this moment, uh, it, it was it was really really special.
1: Hey, and a quick plug for Sean Burke and a reminder, folks, is we had his his other son Brandon on the podcast mm. just I think less than a month ago. I- I can't keep track of the episodes in my head. There's a lot of stuff running around up there, especially after Tandy Fest. But camp's coming up this summer. Uh don't know if there's any space left, but uh, one in Vegas the first week in August. They got one in Scottsdale, Arizona, mid-July. Uh, so make sure you check out Valley Goaltending for more information there. Make sure you check out the podcast with Brandon because a lot of the philosophies that he that he brings to the goaltending position. And they were so impressive to hear him sort of explain them. I loved his mindset on everything. A lot of them are sort of rooted in what sh- how Sean played and the things Sean learned over the years. You know, ben Waller in particular, obviously that time in Arizona. And you can see a lot of those elements in Nate Hill's game. And, and you can see why it worked so well. And so it was just, I don't know, it was just to have had those conversations in the past, whether it was with Sean or with Brandon recently or with Sean in the past, you know, dating back to his time in Arizona, and see it all come full circle and applied at that level in that stage and with all the different people involved from a distance. It was cool. I sent him a text after. We don't in the media, we don't cheer for teams. You're part of it, Darren. But on my side, we don't cheer for teams. We cheer for great stories and yeah. great people. And there were so many of both. Whether it's Aiden Hill or Sean or his family or Fred or any of the other goalies involved. We know LB, what he came overcame to get back on the ice after the hip surgeries. Like there were so many great stories and great people involved in this Stanley Cup. And I put you at the top of that list too. So getting to see you celebrate again, buddy, was we live vicariously through you. And uh, I can't wait to see more pictures uh, moving forward too as as the summer progresses. I need to see some parade photos. I got a lot better at spraying uh, the champagne
0: and the beer Good hear? The than, I, than I was in the dressing room. So uh, nobody was injured during any of these, but, uh, was, and my daughter and I uh, got to share her first sip of beer, even though she's only 16. I said, have a sip. It's a special occasion. I'll never let you do this again.
1: And usually when you do that, because I may have done that for, for my daughter as well, they, ew, you guys drink this stuff? It's terrible. Yeah,
0: yeah. What, what is going on here? This is awful. Give me a Sprite. Uh, let, let's go. Uh there's uh there's a couple of things what the save that Aiden Hill made in game 2 with the paddle on Cousins Nick Cousins who people will remember forever. Uh the glove save he made in game 5. They snapped it out of the air coming across. Uh I believe it was game 5. That that is for a for a goaltending podcast. That was a save. That's... Like where you're in the right spot and you react to it and you and you make this. The other one's desperation and it's brilliant and it's awesome. But that glove save just was. We all want to do that with a little bit of windmill.
1: And I'm gonna like, and absolutely, that's like you know goalie porn. So yeah. and I got a you know a little bit like self promotion here for ingolmag.com. The eye doctor or the 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 eye specialist that Aiden trains with in Calgary is is Doctor Chris Wu. And there's a great article and drill that was online as part of Ingol Premium a little while back. We'll have to throw it up on social media again that Dr. Wu wrote for us and for goaltenders, for all of them to understand how the eye works and how to train it better. And that's the guy that Aiden works with. So there's our one slight degree outside of yourself, degree of separation attachment at IngolMag.com and ingolepremium to Aiden Hill, an article that everyone can read, a drill everyone can do to try and develop the visual acuity that was on display in both of those safe uh, sequences. Because as much as we talk about desperation on that paddle dive, visual attachment plays a role in it as well. Mm -hmm. I've been around the cup probably seven, eight times
0: since that night on seven or eight different occasions. It does not get old. You Love look it. over and it's sitting there and like, I'm just going to take the chance to go over and read some of the names. And the players are the same way. It's 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 been uh, epic. Uh, we have Fest in a rearview mirror, but the gear segment every week on In Radio, the podcast where we get to hang
1: out with Cam. And we're talking about the true 9x3 line. Yeah, uh, and and I'm going to be honest with you, the first take of this, which was quickly deleted for a second take, I made the mistake like <laughs> off the hop of reading it and being like, true, 9x3, their second price point. It's not. And I, I think there can be some confusion there because as they, they sort of start to roll out multiple lines and multiple tiers, and you will see a second price point from true this summer coming. I think there's a lot of people excited about that. Your chance to get in at more of an entry-level price point. But 9x3 is actually their... Their top of the line pro level pad, it's just the version that's made overseas as as opposed to um, their PX3 line that you see in the NHL, which is made in the factory in Montreal. So, you know, we talked about this dating back to Tru and Lefebvre coming together. The reality uh, of manufacturing capacity in North America was it was always going to be hard to meet the demand that they have at pro with so many guys wearing it ncaa where so many guys are wearing it and overseas uh and that the only way you were ever going to be able to satisfy all the fans that wanted it at a retail level the go whether it's young goaltenders or or old goaltenders like me was to go back to manufacturing and having those options overseas so as those those wait times started to pile up for north american stuff you know into the 20 plus weeks if you wanted to order custom from the lefay factory 9x3 comes along and gives you an option to have something in store something you can get your hands on immediately and not have to wait as for the rest of the details i'll leave it to cam to explain welcome back to the hockey shop source for sports we're in the Goalie Utopia section here. amidst 34,000 square feet of hockey amazingness. Cam's got his own section here, which is just, like, awesome. Full of goalie. Full of goalie. Also amazing. Um, Best place to go if you need goalie equipment, including we've got new stuff arriving. It seems like almost daily. Uh, We did the Catalyst PX3 how many months ago? Like, this is a while ago. Counting's hard.
2: No need to put numbers behind it. Okay. That's fine. I was
1: told there would be no math. Now we have the true Catalyst 9X3. That's correct. So, some people, maybe including myself when we started this video, thought it was the second price point pad because I wasn't paying attention. This is actually a pro-level pad correct? just made overseas. So, That's same correct. feature as PX3, correct? just no longer made in Canada. Correct. Okay. So, walk me through those features. So, essentially what you're saying is we could go back to the PX3 review and say, it this.
2: <laughs> yeah, you, you really can. Hey, there we go. Roll the credits. 604 589 8299 5677 90 Because
1: it is the same pad, no? Yes. Okay. Okay. Yes. So I'm just, honestly, I was confused. And, and honestly, when I th- saw the promos for it, my brain thought second price point pad, and that's my fault. Again, this is all new for true. Correct. I mean, new, except we've seen this before but but this is all new for true correct so walk me through let's review it let's go back let's go over the features of this 9x3 pad pro level pad
2: correct but not if you're ordering custom that would be a px3 that would be a px3 and the reason why this stuff exists and why it's about right now is as kind of expected that custom wait time has creeped up again we are rolling into the season where it's we need that rea- new gear. And, and it's not a criticism, it's nope. the realities
1: of having a product that is in demand to that degree Correct. at the Pro and American Hockey League and Pro, you know, like all the different levels. So there's limited capacity. So they so needed this the ability to yes. build something to service the rest of us. Exactly. exactly. There we go.
2: So what we are finding is a pad that's now featuring the exact same materials, exact same foams, exact same construction, it's just we are assembled offshore. So... Highlights. Highlights. Well, we can already talk about it because you were playing with it. It does feature their uh, version of, for lack of a better term, Speed Skin. Um, a similar
1: feel. It sort of got like that little bit of a textured feel.
2: Correct. Correct. So we see that all on their slide surfaces. So that will be on all the white base pads with the exception of the all black pad because they don't have this material in black.
1: So the black would just be a regular gen bro.
2: Black will be regular gem Pro. Okay,
1: colors, uh, options that come in this, like again, with PX3 when we had that, remember we showed off all the different colors you guys had ordered that you had on the wall and obviously you can custom order. Correct. What are the color schemes on this one?
2: White, black, white, red, white, blue, all black, all white. Okay, so, so
1: again, just a little simpler in terms of your options.
2: Correct, your generic options to line up kind of as a basic idea and it gets us through, again, say you do have a custom order on the way, you're running out of time, you need gear, or you just can't wait. This is giving you options off the wall. So features, all of the same things that we would find on what would have been a stock um, PX3, right? So same style of knee cradle with that removable outer knee flap, um, sure grip on that knee. You Remova- are removable outer knee flap. Oh, it's it's stitched in, but you just have to unstitch it to remove it. Yeah, it's just laced gotcha. in. That's laced in. Laced yes, in. Okay. very easy to to come out. Um, Their stock sizing will all be a plus two. So 32 plus two all the way up to 36 plus two. Um, Elastic knee strap, but you still get that nylon down on the bottom. Really like this. I think this is a really good idea. I love love nylon. We've talked about having a fixed
1: sort of end point, whereas elastic can keep going. You can slide off the knee stack even when you double it up as most companies do, including True in terms of a double thick elastic. I do love the idea of a thinner, and because it's thinner, it's less likely to gather behind your knee. Correct. Uh, I love the idea of the fixed end point. And again, much like the, el- the elastic one, you can either go to the knee or down to the calf. To
2: double up, remove it, change it, do whatever you want. You still have that adjustability here. So the, le- the length of it is adjustable by just opening up the inside of the knee stack. Exactly and how he's it doing right bit. there, folks. So, love it. The goal here is to cover as many bases of the generic specs as possible so the ability for you at home to dial in, you know, exactly how you want to wear that pad. So, okay. options are great. So, moving fast rotation system
1: on the inside, which has been very popular, uh, obviously developed by the Lefaves, um debuted on their sort of their Lefave branded pad, I believe, and has been carried over to the True line as sort of a a True exclusive.
2: Correct. So you get that great connection point actually inside Shin nice and tight up against the pad if you would like. You can loosen off a little bit if you want it to be a little bit more rotation. Um, Great overall feel. Again, that adjustability level is there. So, again, that's something that we see carry over. Featuring now the bottom of the pad, the actual boot of the pad itself. Still that flat tabletop boot design comboed with that Pro uh, Laces, that hybrid system. So, still very flexible in the boot area. Stiff up in that upper thigh again like we had talked about in that px3 review okay so stiff upper thigh that is the one thing you see how it's got the
1: thinner upper thigh we saw that in the px3 how they thinned out the top of it um some guys in the nhl have gone to that as well not all but but you know number of guys have added that to their pad it does stiffen that thigh rise significantly Correct. and is worth noting if you're someone coming from a uh, a 12.2 pad and you're expecting you to have a little more, right, a little more sort of flex up there, this is much stiffer, which, which has been the pro preference for years in terms of thigh rise.
2: Correct. And I mean, the, the big aid there is that when you are down to that butterfly, we are trying to alleviate that kind of trapdoor action that could potentially happen. It's not going to
1: get floppy. Exactly. Add a little bit of stability there as well. One question with the flat boot cam, um, I know we're going to get this one, uh, obviously the best way to get fit is to come in store. Cam sets you up. We've, we've done this sort of dress-up thing before with Cam where he walks you through sort of the ideal way to properly fit a pad. But if I'm just ordering it online from you here at thehockeyshop.com, I've got questions about the fit. Not having a a sort of a boot channel, does it affect the fit? Does this sit up on the skate a little taller, and to what degree maybe compared to Say a CCM pad. Where's the fit on that, say a 34 inch? Here,
2: is it going to fit the same taller? So we did cover this back when we did the PX3, but wow. you've had more experience with it since. So Correct. tell me. So we do find that because of the way the fast rotation strap grabs onto that calf, that it does want to lift the pad up. So this doesn't sit 100% flush on the top of like your skate. It does want to hover just a little bit too as well. So if it's just a little based taller. On the type. Yes, so although one-to-one side-by-side, like say for example this does kind of line up with a 34-inch knee on a CCM, I do find that this pad does kick itself up just a little bit higher.
1: Well even just courtesy of having that tabletop boot, like right. there's no, that's automatically going to raise it up rather than having a channel no belt. No bootstrap
2: in. there as well, nothing to really kind of secure that boot down, so it is going to want to, we'll, we'll call it levitate, off the skate a little bit.
1: Okay, and so um, you mentioned no bootstrap, uh, I see no options to add one either. No
2: bootstrap period.
1: Okay, uh, really quick because we know we've done it. Uh, We've gone over the gloves, we've gone over the blockers, you know the different lines. Uh, Stock glove, stock blocker with the 9x3 line. I see
2: 595 in the blocker and that means bindingless. Bindingless construction. So, 585 binding, 595 no binding, 585 only available at custom anyway.
1: It's going to feel real familiar to anyone who was in the Lafave line, you know, even dating back to the CCM uh, days. Like there, there's not a, a ton that has changed. Uh, obviously, when
2: you have a blocker as popular as that, you probably don't need to. Yeah, the, the classic game broke, don't fix it. So uh, quick note, glove, uh, we are looking at the 590 overall break, game ready, stock Double T uh, with skate lace. Great overall feel kind of off the shelf. This is giving you that option. Um, to me, this glove feels definitely like adequately padded right out of the box. Um, what is stock? Is that, I mean, do they do pro game ready in practice or the different... That is the difference, but like you're only going to find a game ready in. That's what I meant. Is a game genesis? ready the one that comes in the next three? Correct. So uh, stock a little bit tight on the hand. I find that you do need to adjust the back end of the glove a little bit to really dial it in. Um, but that all said, in terms of for overall feel wise, again a great option for stock off the wall, especially for if you're looking for a 590 break. So At
1: 590 right. break. Did you? Did you 590 break? 590 break. Did you play a role in the 590 break?
2: Uh, we might have had some influence over. Was you it know, originally
1: supposed to be a 600 with this? Time? It was. Oh, come on. You're correct. taking all the credit before, and now
2: you're being all shy. Uh, you know, humble you should try it sometimes. It
1: just brings you back down into earth. First of all, there's no such thing as humble ability. It's not an it actual word. Good. Second all, like. We're getting off topic. Why would I be humble?
2: Why would I be humble? Lisa Diamond and Kevin will be. I'm kidding.
1: I'm kidding, folks. I kid.
2: <laughs> 604. 589 8299 or 1 800 567 7790. If you do have any questions about this line, um, potentially about getting fitted or what you need specifically, you can give myself or my team a call. You can also check them out at thehockeyshop.com. Um, this is something uh, that you will see at PennyFest here too as well. So I believe this might be one of our last videos before the actual event itself.
1: Well, let's hope. I guess it's now going to be one of our last videos before it was supposed to run after PennyFest. Good job, Cam. Future.
0: Great distinction, though, between uh, the not being the second price point, and, but still not being the North Mering manufacturer. And the, it wouldn't mean a load of beans to a lot of people. Uh, but uh, but just there is there is a difference there
1: the distinction is you can get it right and then and within that there's less custom options but it's basically like in terms of how it performs and how it's like it should all be the same right and so essentially there were some aspects where we we could just go look at the other review um but just sort of uh, letting people know that you know what this is and and what it's what it's how it's designed to perform and how it's designed to play i mean that same stiffness profile you know you heard cam talk about it distinctly stiffer pad uh, than previous models much like the px3 same type of stiffness profile through the thyrise. so um a lot of the same pad just you know a, a few different options in terms of how quickly you can get into maybe a few less options in terms of some of the of the bells and whistles you can have added onto it uh in the custom process
0: Something that uh, you were able to source through at Tendy Fest with all the gear options and being able to try out uh, a lot of the different manufacturers. Uh, and you talk about uh, accelerating uh, the Tendy Fest experience. Like,
1: would a guy like Pete Fry doing his seminar next year? That, some, something along that line would be great. Didn't have to do his seminar at Tendy Fest because he just brought all that energy, anyways. Pete was there with us. Uh, shared a booth with us and just absolutely engaged with everyone and was engaging with everyone. And so people flocked to see Pete and uh, his personality and everything, the energy that he brings, the motivation that he brings to goaltenders of all ages through his program was very evident just hanging out at our booth with us uh, at Tandy Fest and, Of course, for those, you know, it's not too late. There are still a couple of spots available for the in-person if you want to spend another day with us and Pete Fry uh, and participate in his seminar, including On Ice Components in Vancouver on June 24th. That's this upcoming Saturday, so really quick. But if you can't make it, if you're not in the area uh, or you can't get there in person, there is a virtual component. All that information is at our website at ingwellmag.com if you want to register. You can follow along, you know, pretty much everything, except we will take you on the ice with us. You just won't be on the ice yourself. That's about the only thing you'll miss if you sign up to do it virtually. So, uh, virtual spaces are kind of, you know, frankly, unlimited. So if you're interested in it, make sure you check out the website and you can sign up. And if you happen to be in Vancouver for the weekend uh, and you want to become a better goaltender, you want to understand why maybe there's fluctuation in your performance related to mindset, why your mind wanders, why your focus wanders why you're maybe unable to bring it back when a goal or two go in. uh, Pete has all kinds of tools and tips that'll allow you to sort of overcome some of those challenges that we all face in the position. I got to tell you, whether it's pros, and there will be some pros with us there, including one who played in the National Hockey League this season, Uh, Dylan Ferguson will be there with us at the seminar in Vancouver. So whether it's pros or whether it's beer leaguers like me, and there'll be other pros there as well who swear by Pete and and the way he's helped them with their game, or a beer leaguer like me, there is going to be a takeaway that helps you get better on the ice because it helps you approach your game with a better mindset. He intimidates me
0: when I talk to him because I always feel like he's reading my mind and what's going on. He's inside my head and I start... uh... Uh, talking like I'd never speak uh, to, to anybody. But then when I get to listen to him, it's just a sponge and soaking it up. It's just, that, that that gives you an idea of how mentally challenged I am when it comes to focusing on the right
1: thing. I'm the same way, but he intimidates me only because of some of the wacky stuff he does, like <laughs> e- eating the raw liver or firewalking or all these different motivation things. Like I'm a little too soft for that. He keeps telling me the cold shower thing. I'm like, no, Pete, I have a hot tub hot tub yes not cold tub i'm way too soft for all these things that you guys do but if you're a little more hardcore although i will say we went for dinner with pete after tandy fest and uh for a guy who you know is willing to stick fire in his mouth and extinguish it with his mouth walk on hot coals and or barefoot hike I was surprised to hear mass for the jalapenos on the side of the nachos we ordered because they were a little too spicy for him. So a little softness on Pete's part there, but everything else is, you know, the the mental strength and the and the sort of ability to sort of will yourself through things that, frankly, to me, don't come naturally are all part of the package.
0: See, I would yell at him, go, "I gotcha. That's good. You can't do everything." I love that jalapenos on the side. I don't want jalapenos in the room, never mind on the side. Milk is too spicy for me. So I would love that idea that, that, he, that he wants it on the side. So uh, cool, cool stuff coming up uh, with Pete Fry. Uh, what a wonderful resource.
1: Yeah. And hey, listen, speaking of resources, before we get to Joel Hofer, we should probably tell you about Sensorina. Mm-hmm. And I like it. I'm reengaging with Sensorina myself because it's my off season. So am I. So I'm not That's able funny. to, I, I need to get back in. I, I understand. I recognize I'm not playing as much. I, probably some of my, they're taking the ice out here locally. So there won't be as many summer skates and probably for the best after absolutely getting torched by a couple of guys that play in the American hockey league last week, like just lit up ego bruised, pride shattered. I need to get back on Sense Arena and get back to tracking pucks, including up to the NHL level, which is what you can do with this virtual reality tool. Uh, You've heard a lot about Sensorina from us over the years. Make sure you check it out. In Gold Mag, IGM50 is the discount code if you decide to purchase it and you want to save a few extra bucks. But honestly, like if you have a headset now, you can test it for free, right? Like they have a free trial, they have different tiering options. You don't have to go all in with Sensorina. You can work your way. My bet is once you try it, you're going to want to buy it. And once you try even at the base level, you're going to want to be able to advance up to some of the features of the pro level. But the ability to try it now without having to go all in is, a, I think, a great thing because it allows more people to recognize just how great a tool this is. We saw a lot of it at Tendy Fest; people asking us questions about Sense Arena, and I think, you know, it surprised them a little bit to hear just how realistic the Sense Arena experience is. To hear guys like Devin Levi. Um, you know, who played with our featured guest Joel Hofer at the World Championships here to hear him talk about how he uses it, you know, even on a game day preparation basis. Um, it is such a good tool for goaltenders, especially in the offseason when you can't get on the ice. We had parents last summer tell us that they wanted to give their kids a break from goaltending. They felt like maybe 365 was too much. They wanted them to maybe do other sports in the summer, something we hear a lot about, uh, physical literacy and athlete development, especially at young ages. You don't have to be a goaltender full-time. And they felt like having Sensarena as a, even a once-a-week tool, although their kids wanted to be on it more than that, but even having it as a once-a-week training tool, when they got back onto the ice for tryouts in the fall, they noticed an improvement in the way their child was able to track Pox and how good their hands were from using Sensorina all summer, and yet the wear and tear on the body was less because they weren't in camps all summer, and the love of the game came back quicker because they weren't sort of immersed in it constantly, doing camps every week all summer. It allowed them to take a step away from the game without losing their edge, and in fact, in many cases, the parents told us that their kids came back better because of all those reasons and sense arena being the primary one. I did the exercise where you don't try to stop the puck. You just
0: watch the release. And I, I did that and exercise the other day in
1: in, in a real, <laughs> real game too. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm right there with you, buddy. Uh, I'm going to tell you a story after Joel Hofer, uh, uh, something I'm not very proud of, but it just got to me and I had to do it. Uh, but But I will admit that it was wrong, but. I'd probably do it again. Uh anyway, I I did the, the exercise where you just watch the release
1: and you don't try and it was really a neat and something you could never do in a regular ice time. There's so many things you could never do in a regular ice time. That's one of them we've heard from Eric Comrie and Devin Levi. They like to sort of just watch pucks and like sort of track pucks and not worry about stopping them. And then also one of the Eric talked about is like because you can see the replay from a puck perspective, you can take those shots and then go back and see the replay. And he's like, you know, in the right position how close without having to move how close am i to those ones that went by my shoulder like it's a fraction of an inch like just a you know a little bit of a lift of the shoulder or a a slight shift um being able to sort of understand the box control drills how much space you take up in the net when you're in when you're square and set on pucks and not even worry about stopping them how much it can help you in that regard Uh, so many different drills so picking a spot like you go into drills in the summer and you want to work on your glove but, you know, every second one, the shooter misses, and either, well, in my case, they hit me in the head, or, like, you're, you're trying to work on your glove, and every third shot is low blocker. And, yeah. hey, great for reactive drills, but I'm trying to work on something here, and my shooters can't hit their spot. Well, you can do the same type of thing in Sensorina, where you tell them where to shoot, and you can work on the mechanics of that particular save selection. And guess what? Their shooters don't miss.
0: Awesome it's it's amazing and i encourage everybody if you haven't tried it to uh, give it a shot and send us your reaction to how your experiences with senserine love to hear uh, some of the feedback uh, on your side of it. Uh, Joel Hofer coming up in the Sensorina feature interview set it up for us.
1: Well, you know, Hutch wasn't with us this week. He's on special assignment up in the interior. But he did lead our feature interview with Joel Hofer and I got to be honest with you, I think the introduction that he does is so perfect that we don't even need to hear from me because he lays out everything third year pro the season he's having got a world championship gold medal right now after winning that with canada overseas i think we just turn it over to hutch and let him set this up hutch
3: our guest first joined us on the in goal radio podcast after leading canada to a gold medal in the 2020 world junior championship has the tournament's top goaltender. Since then, he's made his NHL debut and he played six games this year. He scored his first goal in the playoffs, no less, as we talked about on the show before. He's an AHL all-star and now a senior world champion as part of Canada's team just over two weeks ago at the tournament held in Latvia and Finland. And if you're a big fan of puck handling goalies, hang tight for more because you might not believe what he did earlier this season. Joel, welcome back. Thanks for joining us as a third-time guest and congratulations on another great season.
4: Yep. thanks, Hutch. It's, uh, it's good to be back.
3: What's the summer look like for you? I understand you haven't moved into your old room at home in Winnipeg.
4: No, yeah, I uh, got, in, got into a new spot this year. So uh, it's been pretty hectic, uh, you know, moving into here and getting furniture all I'll, figured out. But that's uh, yeah, been good so far. And then um, got back into the gym this week. So that's been good. And um, probably end up taking a month or so off, of, uh, off the ice there. So um, yeah, kind of rests up the body off the ice. And then uh yeah should be good to go in july i guess everything even
3: still while you've established yourself as a pro everything's sort of new just every year something's just a little bit different that you have to learn learn as you're growing up as a goaltender and as a person
4: yeah exactly there's always uh, there's always going to be something new um you know obviously the years before was you know learning how to cook and stuff and then um yeah obviously you know this year i kind of got a little bit of a handle on that now so um but yeah every year has been been great and um obviously you know learning learning more each year so it's good okay you you opened up the can of worms
3: so what's your go-to recipe what do you like to cook Chick,
4: chicken and pasta for sure that's uh the guys always give me get, they always give me a hard time about it uh, i cook it a lot but you know lots of carbs and um yeah i, I find it pretty good so
3: <laughs> that's nice okay so let's first go back to the world championship this year
4: was this your first experience on international ice so the world juniors was in was in uh Czech that oh, year Oh, i'm sorry and, i should have uh, known that yeah uh, yeah it's all good but uh, yeah, so it was, was but uh yeah so it was this was my second time but yeah it was great like had had a ton of fun you know obviously obviously we won gold so that was uh you know that was the reason why we went there and um we got the job done and uh you know learned a little or i met a lot of uh you know good guys along the way so um but yeah it was it was amazing for sure
3: did you have to change anything about your game on the international ice
4: you know what i found that you know had more time than you thought the one thing that uh you know the goalie coach me and you know Justin Pogge were talking about was like uh you know when they're along the outside you have you know more time than you think um so like it was a little bit of a transition to kind of get used to um, you know, whether it was like transitioning to the post or whatnot. But, um, you know, I thought, you know, we, we worked on it and practiced it a lot and um, thought it was good, you know, towards the end of the tournament. Probably good that he's got a lot
3: of international experience
4: then. Yeah, exactly. He's, uh, he's been over there for a while. So he, he, you know, he definitely knows what he's talking about for sure.
3: Three different goaltenders on the team all got playing time, a bit unusual in that respect. And, and I would say all three of you are quite different as goaltenders. So here's the question, having watched the other two guys, uh, Samuel Montambo and uh, Devin Levi in practice. What would you like to add from their games to yours? What could you pick up from the two of them? Oh,
4: that's a good question. Um, you know, I like the way that Monty always filled the net. Like it seemed like he, you know, he, he's obviously a big guy and, um, you know, it didn't seem like he, you know, did too much to, you know, get out of his way or make a crazy save. And then as far as Diva or Dev goes, um, obviously his skating is unbelievable. And Um, you know, just the way he he gets around the net, you know, so efficiently and, um, you know, for a smaller guy, he's, uh, he's obviously really good with his hands and, you know, his, his head's really good in terms of like always leading first and, um, you know, doing the little things. So yeah, it was obviously great, you know, to be there with those two guys and, um, you know, even better uh, people off face too.
3: Do you ever, do you ever get time in practice where you guys talk with each other? Hey, how'd you pull, how'd you do that? What do you like to do in this situation? Sort of.
4: Yeah, there was, there was times where, you know, me and Dev would, would go on and we talk about things and, um, it was mainly lots of post stuff and, you know, whether we should overlap or, you know, go back into to reverse, but, um, yeah, definitely some, you know, good, good conversations there. Excellent. So and tell me a little bit more about that relationship
3: with Justin pogie cause it's a, it's a short tournament. Uh, you're just getting to know each other, presumably, for the first time. How, how do you work together?
4: Yeah, it was great. It's obviously, uh, you know, my first time meeting, meeting him this, uh, for the tournament there. And, um, yeah, he's a great guy. You know, obviously, like we talked about, he's, you know, he's been in, uh, you know, he's played a long time and, uh, you know, lots internationally. So, uh, yeah, he's obviously got, a, you know, a lot of knowledge for the game. And, um, but, yeah, he's a great guy. It was, uh, it was really nice meeting him. And, you know, I'm sure we'll, you know, we'll touch pass over the way.
3: I mean, I think a lot of people would think that a goalie coach is in an international tournament really can't do very much. But you mentioned some specifics that he was working with you. Uh, can you give us an example, maybe, of something that you did in practice that uh, that you were able to take into one of the games? Something that he's doing that's maybe a little bit more detailed.
4: Yeah, I think I think like I said, the one thing was definitely the post play on how um, you know how I would always like to go in the overlap or whatnot, and he was just you know kind of. Kind of saying how you know how you're a big guy you don't really need to be in there um in the overlap or whatnot but uh yeah so he was kind of just saying you know going you're you're able to go in the reverse you know you're good in the post and such so um but yeah it was definitely you know nice to get a you know a second uh you know i guess a second wave or a second talking and um is it our opinion i guess um but yeah he's, he's he's been amazing and um yeah it was great for sure
3: how do you fit in your routines, the things that you like to do? I mean, us goalies are all a little bit quirky. People seem to think we certainly have routines that we like to follow. How do you fit those in when you're with a new team, whether it's a, a team like Canada and international play or when you're getting called up from the American League to, to the National Hockey League? How do you how do you blend all your needs versus the team's needs?
4: Yeah, I mean, obviously, we, uh, you know, me and Dev and, and Monty would, would go on, uh, you know, as early as we could to, uh, you know, get that going. And. Um you know, get get what we needed to uh you know to be ready for practice or the games or whatnot but um yeah we we had a plan uh going into practice, kind of what we wanted to work on, and um Pogues did a good job at you know asking us what we need and um you know what we'd like to work on so um but yeah, at the end of the day, like obviously the practice you know goes first, and we're kind of um you know we're kind of the second wave, obviously the players are the first kind of priority, and then we're kind of there to do our jobs but um, but yeah, we, uh, we did a good job at, you know, finding, finding time to, you know, do whatever we need to do to be ready. Yeah. What, what about game day? Like,
3: I mean, presumably when you're the starter on a team, whether it's in the American league or previously in the Western hockey league, you would have some sort of say into what the warmup looks like for you personally. Uh, I'm talking about on the ice here now. Uh, what, what happens when you go in with a new team, like you're, you're going up to St. Louis, they've got things they do on the ice, every warmup and far be it from you to tell them how to run a warmup. Uh, how do you work those things
4: um i try not to you know focus on it too much i mean shots are shots i'm not too uh too superstitious in what um you know what kind of shots or if i need these kind of shots it's kind of um you know it is what it is whatever shots i get is good shots i guess but um yeah i'm definitely not gonna you know go up to lucha or any of the big guys and say yo we need to (laughs) need to change this warm-up or whatever but um but yeah it was it was good it was uh you know the warm-ups were it is what it is, and um, yeah, they were good. No, no issues there.
3: Sounds sounds like you're a pretty laid back guy who can fit into anything. Yeah, exactly. Probably good advice for for young goaltenders. Okay, so you opened up the 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 cooking to us here, and and I did want to ask, what is it like moving up to the National Hockey League? Can you give us any sort of background details, like where do you live? I'm assuming in a hotel. How do you how do you deal with food on a game day when you probably can you get your chicken and pasta that you like to cook before a game in the American Hockey League?
4: How do all those things work? Yeah, we were obviously in the hotel there and um, you know, in the NHL, we were we were blessed enough to, you know, have meals at the rink a lot of the time. So we we'd obviously go there early, get our breakfast in, and then um for lunch, lunch was there after after practice or whatever. And then on game days, they would have a, I guess, a station for chicken, salmon, you know, rice pasta, all that. So you'd obviously just take a to-go box and, and bring it back to your to your place there. But um, yeah, it's obviously great. Like there's a there's a lot of food there, and you're you're really hungry. You obviously just gotta you know kind of fend for yourself for dinner. But um, yeah, when I was there, we were mainly on the road, so it was uh, so it was pretty easy. We'd go go for a lot of dinners and stuff. So just another um, road yeah. trip. Yeah, exactly. It was it was it was great though. It's nice to go on dinners with the guys.
3: Nice road trip, but you're not taking a bus. Yeah, exactly. Lots of lots of flying. That's for sure. There's no more buses. Is it a little bit like bus culture though?
4: When you walk onto the plane, do you have to find your spot as a rookie and just wonder where you're going to fit in. Yeah, for sure. I kind of just uh, kind of just ask around, like where's an open seat? And um, yeah, there's usually an open seat. Those, those planes are pretty big, so. Um, but yeah, definitely not. Not definitely not going on the card table. That's for sure.
3: <laughs> okay, uh, you signed your first uh one-way contract this year re-signed as a a two-year deal congratulations um but you still have to earn your spot in the lineup this year don't you i think everybody's expecting you to be in st louis but what's your mindset going into camp yeah like
4: you said i i gotta earn it um you know i'm looking to you know go in there and um you know prove myself and you know show that i am ready and um but yeah it should be a good year i'm gonna you know treat this uh treat this year like you know like every other just go in there and you know try to do my best and um, you know, obviously just try to stop as many pucks as I can. So, um, yeah, it's obviously, you know, going to be pretty exciting and, um, definitely looking forward to it. So, you've got your
3: own sort of summer routines for how you get ready for the season. Tell us a little bit about that and tell us a little bit about the role that St. Louis plays in that, how much direction they give you over the summer.
4: Yeah. It's, uh, so I'm obviously on, I'm on, uh, I'm in the gym probably five, five days a week uh for most most of the week so um yeah that's obviously a big focus of mine is you know getting bigger and stronger and um you know especially you know moving to the NHL is um you know the guys are bigger and um you know the workload is bigger too they obviously have you know 82 games and um bigger than you know what i'm used to so uh yeah obviously that's a huge 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 thing for me and um you know for me i'll in terms of on the ice i'll probably take a month off or so i usually do every year just to kind of rest the hips and um, you know, that way for me, too, is like, you know, as soon as the third week comes around, I kind of get more of an itch. And then, um, yeah, it's and then once you're on the ice, it's obviously, you know, great to be back. And, um, yeah, for me, it doesn't take, you know, too, too long to, you know, get back into the swing of things. So, um, yeah, I'll still have probably, you know, two months or so to, you know, get ready for the season. And um, but, yeah, it should be good.
3: And we've seen you most summers with uh, Eli Wilson in Edmonton. But let's give a shout out to your
4: uh, goalie coach at home as well yeah, Dan Ferguson, I've been working, you know, I've been working with him, you know, since I was probably 11. So, um, yeah, we go way back and, you know, he does a great job at, you know, getting me ready for, you know, for the year. And, um, yeah, definitely looking forward to, you know, working with him again this year.
3: How much does uh, St. Louis get involved in what you're doing over the summer? What direction do they give you as you set off for the summer?
4: Yeah, that's right. Um, obviously I'll, you know, we keep in touch with, you know, the office guy, Ryan Podell. And, um, yeah, we get a pretty good plan going and, Um, you know, he's in, you know, he's in cahoots with, uh, you know, my trainer here, Matt Asmussen, you know, he does a great job with me too. And, um, yeah, everybody's, you know, kind of in the loop and, you know, we'll touch base even with the, with the goalie coach and, you know, in St. Louis, uh, Davey, uh, Alexander, Alexander, he's exactly, he's in touch with, you know, Fergie too. So everybody's kind of in the loop and, um, yeah, we're all on the same page. So it's pretty good. And are you
3: working sort of specifically in that role with David Alexander now or Dan Stewart still involved because we're not quite sure where next year leads or obviously yeah, you've still got a relationship like, with Dan.
4: Yeah, of course. We're kind of, kind of working with both. But, uh, yeah, each, each, both guys have been amazing to me. It's, uh, you know, I'm definitely grateful to have, you know, those, those guys as, you know, kind of my mentors. And, um, yeah, but, yeah, it's been, it's been great for sure. So now having had the six
3: games in the show this year and a couple before that, Uh, what do you walk away from that experience thinking and feeling and in terms of what you'd like to, to improve on as a goaltender?
4: Yeah, obviously, um, yeah, obviously it was a good, good little stint I had there. Um, you know, it was a ton of fun. Like I, I had a blast uh, doing it. I mean, um, you know, I got to play, you know, some road games and and some home games too. And it was, uh, it was amazing. Like, uh, you know, just like I said, I had a ton of fun, but, um, you know, in terms of, uh, you know what what i can take away from it i mean obviously you know the play is you know pretty quick so um you know you got to be good with your feet and um you got to be able to read plays pretty quick and um obviously the traffic you know i've I've mentioned that before the traffic's a big thing and um yeah for for me that's uh, uh that's definitely one of my bigger focuses is you know obviously you know being a bigger guy how to you know how to handle that and um you know people are going to obviously try to take away your eyes so how to you know how to cope with that and um, but yeah, definitely looking forward to, you know, the challenge next year.
3: Do you have any tips for for young goalies about dealing with traffic and out of that experience, what do you like to do? Do you sort of work top down as a taller guy? Any sort of rules that you follow in in when things get tight?
4: Yeah, me and Stewie uh we touched on it earlier in the year. Um, you know, I found that, you know, being a bigger guy, I would just always try to look over. Mm-hmm. Um and then it would be like whenever shots would come. I would just, uh, I don't know, like my eyes or like my eyes weren't set or I guess my my head level was like too above and it was harder to track pucks that way. So I would try, you know, working lower um, and try and see guys more low. And for, you know, I found that I uh, found that it helped for me actually a lot. Um, and then it's like, let would say it was like a shot where I tracked late or whatnot. I'm already in like a stance or a position to make a save. So I found it easier that way. But um, you know, obviously trying to find a good mix um, you know, between high and low and not trying to, you know, be static and do the same thing all over the time. Trying to, you know, just make reads and um, you know, do whatever I can to make the save, obviously.
3: So you've mentioned making reads a couple of times now. Uh
4: what what can you do to help your ability to read the game? Uh watch hockey. That's uh that's pretty pretty much it. That's all I do nice. really is uh, you know, especially during the year. Um, you know, I watch so many hockey games and Um, you know, obviously got, got some goalies that I like to watch and, um, you know, try to try to emulate or see what they do, or, um, you know, even the smaller guys too, like see what they can do to, um, you know, read pox. And, uh, another thing too, was like, you know, for during the year, you know, I, we'd work on, me and Stewie would work a lot on like actually shifting into pox and, um, you know, sliding into it. you know, before I'd kind of just like do these, like I'd just drop into it rather than actually slide into it. So yeah. Can can
3: you unpack that one for me a little bit? Cause I think a lot of coaches are, are teaching almost the opposite of that. So let's, so talk to me about why you want to slide more than, than just shift.
4: Well, it's mainly for like, so like if I'm reading, if I'm reading a shot on the far side, I guess I'll be looking over here. And then I obviously know it's not coming in this side and I have a, decent amount of ways to go to the other side. Like if I were to just drop into it, then I would okay. obviously be late. Um and I wouldn't take up as much space. But I you know, this year I tried to obviously not like slide crazy out of the net, but there's like a I guess there's like an in between to where I can um, you know, slide it slide a little bit. And then, you know, I I'm, you know, I'm confident enough to where where I'd be able to if it were to go back, I'd be able to catch an edge and um, you know, find a way back to my net. But um, there's a time and time and place for everything like if i obviously track the track the shot clean then I probably wouldn't do it as much but if it's more of a um a screen but I can just sense that you know the puck's going that way then I can you know slide into it more
3: sounds very situation specific understanding what's needed rather than having sort of a robotic like response to everything
4: yeah exactly it's yeah i'm definitely I'm definitely more uh you know just based on reads and you know i try to stay away from being robotic and doing the same thing all the time it's um you know i find it doesn't really work for me so
3: does the team give you a video to watch as you're you're talking about having to watch hockey to to become a better goaltender
4: uh what's the team's role in that i don't know like i kind of just i don't know i just enjoy doing it so i i haven't uh, just watching hockey games i just like watching hockey games so we got the. I don't even know what it is any child network or whatever so we get we get most of the games so um but yeah i i just like doing that and then obviously i'll you know go over clips of my own games and such but uh but yeah you
3: said you like watching some guys so top of that list jordan bennington let's just say that you love watching him you got to say that
4: yeah i obviously watch
3: these games so um yeah I Wait, quite seriously what, what actually though in that experience what did you pick up from jordan
4: uh dude he he's sick he's uh yeah, he's really good. I don't think he gets you know enough enough credit as he deserves. He's you know he battles in there. I mean, you know, if you watch watch some of the booze games this year, you know, you know we'd be giving up a lot of you know great A's, and he he'd be sticking in there and battling and you know giving you know giving every chance for the team to win. So that was something that I kind of learned you know this year. You know, there was a game in LA where I obviously got pulled and. You know, I didn't have a great start or whatever, but that's you know it was a good thing for me, like I obviously learned a lot from it um and then me and Binner obviously talked after, and he was saying like like the game ended up being I don't even know what it was like six five or something, so and it was like they scored late like we had actually a chance to win, but um, it just goes to show like how fast all like the momentum can switch and like how you know you just gotta stay in it and just find the find a way to make the next save so um you know as much as. You know, I'd like to have a better outcome of the game. Like it's you know, it's a good thing for me to learn from that. And um, you know, I'm obviously better for it. Yeah, for
3: sure. So you like watching Banner? Who else do you like to watch around the league?
4: Obviously, Vasilevsky just said, you know, how big he is. I think everybody would say that. Um, you know, how big he is and how well he can move. And um, I I like him. I obviously like uh Buck, you know, being a Winnipeg guy. And um so I watch watch a lot of him. Um, I love watching Soros too. Just so, yep. you know how quick so he is. Technical. And, you know, yeah, yeah, he's great. Those are the main three guys or whatever. But uh like, I'm not too picky. Like, I'll just chuck on, chuck on any team. And um I like watching Ottinger too. I think he's, uh, I think he's, he's pretty good. And he'll, uh, I think he'll have a pretty good career. So those are just a f- you know a few guys that you know come to the top of my head. But um, yeah, obviously, you know, I'm not too picky with who I watch.
3: Oh, that's a good, good cross section of guys that you can take things from. So, what's a game game day routine like for Joel Hofer now that he's a professional goaltender?
4: Yeah, I'll see. Uh, you know, I'll do my go into the rink, do my skate, do my, uh, you know, stretch, a little, little lift. Um, nothing too serious. I'm, on the lift, it's just like a two set or three, kind of just like a couple step ups, a um, little RFE, kind of just shock the body and. um, yeah, I get it ready. but Is that
3: something you like to do or the team gives you something specific to do on game day in the in the room?
4: I like to do that. I think it just, um, you know, when I've done it, I found like my legs, you know, feel good during the game. So I kind of just, you know, stuck with it. And um, yeah, it's been it's been working for me. So that's uh, yeah, I'll just keep doing that. Um, so, yeah, I'll do that. And then I'll go home, um, make, a, make a breakfast, a uh, couple eggs, some toast. Uh, some bacon, uh, and then how
3: do you do the eggs? Are you are you an over guy or sunny side? What are we doing?
4: Over easy, yeah, on the toast. So that's <laughs> that's how I, that's how I do that. Uh, I'll do that, and then usually golf's on at that time. So we'll me and my roommate will chuck on some golf, and we'll a uh, couple air swings, couple you know do a couple pots in the putting mat, uh, and then it's probably around like one thirty. Then we eat like our chicken and rice and then uh yeah I'd try to shut her down at two and then uh wake up at three thirty, and then i do uh some like visual edge stuff to kind of just get the eyes going you know you know waking up after a nap your eyes are pretty pretty tired so i'll do that um you know have a shower and then kind of get to the rink so uh yeah nothing nothing too too crazy
3: how long before there's a golf
4: simulator in that new home of yours Oh man. Uh I don't know. I, I've been in the I've been to the golf course pretty much every day since I've been home. So um yeah, I gotta I gotta rest up though. I gotta take it easy on my back. Um but yeah, I, I love the game of golf. It's uh it's fun and it's nice to get away from uh from hockey and you know do something else. Do you uh play golf
3: the way you goaltend? Um and by that. I know you like to go for it and try and score a goal as you did last year in the playoffs. Are you a long hitter who likes to go for it? Or are you a little bit more tactical out there?
4: Uh, well, I'll pick my spots. Like, obviously, I don't go for every par five and two, but yeah, I try to play more smart, smart in golf, but it kind of depends how the rounds going, I guess. Um but yeah, I don't know. I I would say my uh, hockey game and golf game is you know pretty pretty different.
3: Do you learn something from golf though as a goaltender? We we talk about them being very similar uh, quite often, you know, in the sense that you you can't try harder as a goaltender really to be, and be yeah. successful. Tension being the enemy of goaltending, and you have to you have to relax out on the golf course too. What do you take away from the game, and how does it help you?
4: Yeah, for sure. You know, the mental uh, mental part of it, um, you know, is definitely good for me um you know obviously golf is you know probably one of the hardest sports if not the hardest um you know just you know in terms of like you can never be perfect in it like there's always it's always ways to be better so um you know with that being said it obviously gets you know super frustrating and you know you can you know really flip a switch and get get pretty angry out there but um yeah I think it's good just to you know doing that and obviously you know you work on you know being calm and just breathing and um yeah, it definitely definitely helps mine for sure. Has that changed since you were a youngster playing golf? Uh yeah, I mean, have you like gotten I, better at it? I, I think I've gotten better at it. Like i get pretty pretty choked. Um but it's like at the end of the day, like it's not my job to play golf, right? Like I'm just out there to have fun and um, you know, if you're playing for money, obviously you're gonna get a little a little upset. But yeah, obviously this year this year me and my me and my partner have done pretty well. So we uh Haven't, haven't lost yet this year. So um, yeah, we've had a good start this year, but um, I'm sure there's, there's tough times ahead.
3: Right on. Well, I hope we can uh, maybe see that golf game again uh, this summer at some point. Let's, um, I sort of teased it in the beginning. We got a text message from your goalie coach, Dan Stewart, during the game, as you did something this year, uh, trying to score that I have a feeling probably has never been done before. So can you walk us through what happened?
4: Yeah, we uh, we were playing Laval. I think we were up like five two, or I think it was five two. I don't know how much time was left, maybe like three minutes, four minutes, or whatever. And uh, I guess they were trying to go for it. Um, So yeah, they dumped it in. Obviously, I was gonna send it and sent it and hit the hit the left post, and then ended up being icing, whatever. And then they ended up dumping again a short time later and then it hit like the side of the net and then i mean they still had their net pulled or whatever so it was still icing uh and then they tried it again and then i hit the other post but it, like late in the crease so i got got my assist so i was i was happy with the assist but
3: uh <laughs> i totally i didn't good. know about the side of the net one as you were telling that i thought Oh, I've been led astray here. There weren't two posts, but there were two posts and the side of the net.
4: Oh, but I hit, so I was driving for it three times, which is, I don't know how my coach feels about that, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I just think it's fun going for it. And I just love the way that the crowd gets up for it. And, you know, you know, obviously, you know, would have been nice to score one, but, uh,
3: you got two yeah, posts, you gotta be thinking it's time to hit the crossbar on the next one.
4: Yeah, exactly. I'll, I'll take this as <laughs> still.
3: Well, that's awesome. Uh, great fun for everybody, and, and glad you love to have fun out there. And thanks for sharing all of that with us, Joel. Because I think your enthusiasm for the game, your willingness to share it with uh, young goaltenders through this show and in so many many other ways, uh, means means a lot to everybody in the goalie union. And I appreciate you doing that. Thank you.
4: Yep, no problem. It's uh, yeah, it's been been a lot of fun so far, and uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully there'll be a lot more fun in store. So
3: I'm sure there will be. Good luck this season. Thank you. Some
0: hidden gems there. Yeah. I Not mean, so hidden, actually, but there's some real gems there.
1: Yeah, there were some great takeaways in that interview. And, and you know, Joel's become a regular with us. That was his third time, as Hutch mentioned, his third time on the program. And it's fun to re-engage with these guys on year after year basis, because sometimes we sort of, oh, we had this guy on. And so you're hesitant to hit him up for his time again because he had a long season. And sometimes you think, oh, like people don't want to hear from the same guy again. We, we you know, we do the big origin story where you get the full hour with the guy and you know everything and how he fell in love with the game. But I love it when we catch up with guys, especially young guys like Joel that are coming up They're now into into his pro career because there are still lessons being learned every year. And, you know, I think that there's great takeaways that are new every year. And one of them to me and I'm, again, going to selfishly tie this back to ingoalmag.com, but listening to him talk about the importance of watching hockey and watching other goaltenders. And I think amidst a lot of the the conversations about you know, quote unquote goalie school goalies and goalies may be getting a little too technical and losing some of the instinct, some of the read components of the game that, that they need to separate themselves at higher levels as they get older and the shooters get better. One of the things I hear about from a lot of goalie coaches right up to the National Hockey League level is a lot of kids don't watch enough hockey. And so, you know, Mitch Korn talks about goaltending not being a game of shots, but a game of patterns. And how watching those patterns unfold, even if you're watching it, you know, not from the crease, but on TV and another goalie, is such an important part of learning to connect those patterns yourself. And I think, you know, hey, listen, as much as I would like to tell every kid to go watch a ton of hockey, it also happens to be June 19th. Darren's already lifted the Stanley Cup. There's no hockey to watch now until September or October. So rather than watching hours and hours, why not just watch short five-minute videos of nhl goalies watching themselves and explaining to you why they're making the reads they are what they're seeing why they're reacting in a certain way whether it's their depth uh their post play integration decisions their save selections and you know for all the goalie coaches that tell us kids don't watch enough hockey a lot of them also tell us that a great solution is our pro reads at ingolmag.com the chance to sit down and break down video with nhl goalies there's over 170 of them up. Uh, new ones coming out every week. Uh, some of the names featured over the past couple of months include your likely Vezina Trophy winner in Linus Allmark, Thatcher Demko with the Vancouver Canucks, Yaroslav Halak, who's approaching 300 wins in the NHL. Uh, we've got more coming up with guys, including Joel Hofer, who's going to sit down with Hutch and break down some videos. Some of those insights he talked about in terms of how he's managing screens in that interview just now we'll have video to go with it and he can explain the way he's choosing different sight lines. There is so many great takeaways, not just from that interview, but from all our pro reads that sort of feed into that mindset of watch more hockey. Uh, If you're a young goalie and you don't want to spend hours, you can just do it a couple minutes at a time uh, through ingoalmag.com. It was one of the big talking points at Tendy Fest with the parents that were coming by is, you know, for all the things we offer tips, drills, um, even gear segments, The one that's actually going to help your young goalie become better more perhaps than anything else is Pro Reads. And there's a new one up every week. And if you're a new subscriber and you subscribe for a year, you can access our full archives, which means you've got almost three years worth of those weekly Pro Reads sitting there. Names like Carey Price, Braden Holbrey, Frederick Anderson, like some of the best goalies in the game sitting down watching video with us and dissecting their decision-making process so that when it comes time for your young goalie or you even at the beer league level to make reads yeah maybe it's not Ovi on a one-timer you got to get across on but a lot of the principles are the same and it will help you become a better goaltender at every
0: level And if you're a goalie coach or maybe just an assistant coach in your team without a full-time goalie coach watch these pro reads or sit down with your goaltender and watch these pro reads And be able to work along. Or if you're just a a men's league goaltender, rec league goaltender, uh, uh, playing in your uh, women's league, watch these pro reads and make yourself better. And if you're a fan of the game, it's not even any type of real push to get involved with that because it's so much fun.
1: Yeah. And that's, it's funny because one of the things that sort of come up as we go, we're we're sort of working on subscriptions and and checking our our existing subscribers and, you know, how do we grow in goal? Because that's always a bit of a challenge. Um, As much as we think every goalie should subscribe, they don't yet. So what are you waiting for? Man, the number of other pro goalie coaches and professional goalies that subscribe to it. um, The feedback we get from pros in Europe that use the resources of ingoldmag.com to try and get better. If it works for them, if the guys playing pro see the value in this. And I think every young goalie can see the value in it too. If you're serious about the position, you're serious about getting better at it. It's about the the price of a sharpening card, 50 bucks Canadian a year, which is what, like like two cups of coffee, 35 bucks in the States with the exchange. Yeah. Um, it's an absolute no-brainer. So many goalie coaches tell us that. And so I'm being a bit of a shill today. But uh, to sort of have that reinforced by the people that were subscribers at Tendi Fest, and then to see the eyes light up when, when people that listen to the podcast but didn't fully understand in-goal, premium and what it offers and and then are subscribing now for the first time after those conversations uh i'm gonna i'm gonna shill it i'm gonna plug it because i think it brings a lot of value to the goalie world
0: and so does pete fry uh here's my pete fry moment that proves that i need him well there's been a lot of them over the years both professionally personally and in hockey why i need pete fry but a couple of weeks ago we were playing in our men's league in middle of the playoffs where it was off night on a Thursday night league and I get hit in the head, new mask, hit in the head four times. And I'm like a little frustrated with that. And then we start losing control of the game, a little frustrated with that. And a guy comes down and he does a dipsy doodle and like 16 moves and he's uh, through the legs and all this kind of stuff. He doesn't score, uh, mainly because like I was six moves behind and and accidentally got in the way of it, but ticked me off. And the next time he comes down, he comes down the uh, left side and he cuts toward the middle and I just did a diving poke check and got him. And I'm not proud of it. I got a penalty for it. He was okay, so it's all fine. I'm not proud of it, and that's why I need Pete Fry. But boy, did it feel good uh, in the moment. And I wouldn't have done it had he not come down and done the fifteen dipsy doodles uh, through the legs and all that kind of stuff. And I, I'm, I know what you're trying to do, buddy. But man, oh man, there's a time and a place.
1: Yeah, no, been there, done that. Had one of my. I needed Pete Fry when I was getting lit up at that skate that I talked about earlier in the show. Just lost all my focus, got frustrated, got mad, but it usually means we're not. And yeah, throwing out the odd, I, I I, will say those skates, I don't like to do that because the guy coming down might have a professional career that he's got to worry about and heaven yeah. forbid he slips on the poke check and goes full speed into the boards. It actually happened to a guy here in White Rock who thought Ooh. I was in net. Colton Gillies thought I was the goalie that it did it to him because the guy oh. wore similar equipment and we had to sort of have a hey man, it wasn't me. I wouldn't do do that moment because he did get hurt on the eve of a KHL training camp. So there is a little hesitation to to be too aggressive with the poke checks. But man, as soon as we're thinking about those things, Darren, you know what we're not doing? We're not thinking about stopping the puck. Exactly. And there are some great ways to maintain your focus, not get as snap-tastic as I was at my last skate, and actually stop more pucks rather than just being an absolute snap show like I was and and like Darren says he maybe was recently. Yeah. And the guy, same guy scored in the power play. So he got revenge. Pete Bray help us get better between the years, Darren. He can help you get better between the years. June 24th, if you're in Vancouver, there's still spots for the in-person. Very few, but there's still a few on June 24th. And if not, make sure you join us virtually. Uh, it's, it, it costs less. And if you're an InGoal member, uh, there's an even bigger discount for you. So make sure you check it out at InGoalMag.com and join us for a mindset seminar. Don't be a snap show like me and Darren. It's the circle of goaltending all goes around and
0: it all revolves around in goal radio, the podcast, uh, in goal mag. Hey, great, uh, catching up with you. Uh, thanks for being patient with me the last, uh, two months. You guys are awesome. And I can't wait to, uh, share even more about this journey and uh,
1: hear more about tending Fest. I look forward to it and congratulations again, Darren. Believe me, we knew you, you know, normally we're pretty hard ass here, you know, ruthless, in terms of demands on your time, but we figured you had bigger things going on.
0: I'll send you uh, the, the picture. Uh, trust me on that. Uh, it's In Goal Radio, the podcast. Uh, thanks to Joel Hofer. Thanks to Cam over at The Hockey Shop, thehockeyshop.com, source for sports, Langley. And thank you to you for listening to In Goal Radio, the podcast.